This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is actually a bit of a special day because this is a supplement to yesterday's show. It is Thursday, October 18th, 2018, and I have Peter Gowden here of Huawei. Hi, Peter. Hi, Miriam. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um... You've been on the show before. I have. And we yeah, talked about, about six months ago. We talked about P20, P20 Pro, and this week is all about May 20, May 20 Pro. Correct. And so I kind of wanted to have you on really briefly to, as an addendum, basically, to this week's show. Danny and I went through a lot of the features and decisions that were made. Yeah. But it's always nice to hear from the horse's mouth what's going on. So without further ado, let's, we have a very short amount of time together. So tell me a little bit about uh, the camera system. The big change here is the replacement of the monochrome sensor with a wide-angle color sensor with autofocus. What, what brought that decision? Obviously, everybody's going to love a wide-angle lens, but then you know some purists might say, wait a minute, there was this whole monochrome thing that started with the P9. Yeah, we know that people are going to love the wide-angle lens. I'd like to remind you, actually, of the podcast that we did for, for the P20 and the P20 Pro, um, because you gave me a little shopping list at that point. <laughs> That's right? right. Which included, as part of the camera system evolution, the inclusion of an ultra-wide-angle lens. Um, so that, that gives you a bit of an inkling already, some of the reasons why we're doing this. There are some technical things that we, we can do now that we couldn't do before with the previous setup. But um, the fact that it's already being asked for, already wanted by consumers, by you guys, that really does give us a good example of why we're looking to evolve our camera systems. You know, I just pictures you would just add another lens. Like I always thought you'd keep the monochrome. It'd be like four lenses, but I can understand that's not necessarily cost effective. But I think there's a bigger reason you told me about. There, there right? is a bigger reason. So we used to use a lot of the image information from the monochrome sensor to help improve the overall quality of the photography. Um, as the main sensors have improved in their expertise in their quality, for example, the um, RGB sensor we're using on the P20 Pro and now on the Mate 20 Pro. That is far more adept now at allowing us to create that overall photographic quality without needing necessarily the information from the monochrome sensor. Plus, we're doing things a lot differently this time as well um, in how we process the image. Obviously, one of the great things about a camera, an entire camera system is the amount of elements that it needs to have to make it work. It's not just about the lens. It's not just about the sensor. It's also about the image signaling processor sitting behind it. So we've taken a look at the new capabilities that we've got with the Kirin 980. Um, and we've redeveloped how we look at developing and, and gaining all that quality information. So we now need that monochrome sensor less and less. That gives us the opportunity to reimagine that whole camera philosophy and say, okay, we can replace one sensor with something else. What do we choose? What's the end goal? And for us, the end goal was versatility. So now you've got that main color sensor, that 40 megapixel RGB sensor, which gives you superb high resolution images. It's also amazing for that low light and nighttime photography. Absolutely, I mean, it's, yeah. um, it's just brilliant. 
I mean, you, you just for those people kind of tuning in, you should listen to the other show we did. But the, the, you were basically evolving the P20 Pro camera here, right? So a lot of what we saw in the P20 Pro remains, right? That low yes. light performance. Low light performance. The incredible. The 8 megapixel telephoto correct. lens. And now you can reach much, much further out. You've got really high resolution images. And for the first time, as part of that versatility, you've got ultra wide angle. Yeah. Um, that also gives us an added, added benefit of the macro photography as well. Right. One of because the things you added autofocus, which is a brilliant a touch of brilliance. Nobody else in the industry has been doing this um, yet. And so you, you kind of trumped everyone else. We, we seem to be doing that. A I lot know right, right now. Um, there are a lot of things that we do, but it, it's about versatility. So now you can go from far out to really high resolution to ultra wide to super close up two and a half centimeters away from an object and still maintaining clear, crisp focus on that. Yeah. So now in your pocket, with the camera that you carry around with you every day, it's like having three you cameras. Can, in you one. can do pretty much anything with that, whether you've got the photographic eye already as part of your creative soul, or whether you rely on the artificial intelligence to, to see again, like it does when it sees cats and dogs or food or blue sky, to understand when switching to the ultra wide angle. Right, it will improve the benefit it, right? of the image that you're taking, and it will recommend it truly that understands if you have and thinks the, about what it when it wants to deliver to you. If you have the eye turned on, it'll recommend that in some yeah. situations. Yeah. So, um, before we switch to the next topic, because we're very time limited, sadly, um, wanted to know how much. Obviously, you know, adding the wide angle was a very big, uh, uh, you know, proponent to having to potentially remove the monochrome. But I think that as you touched, you touched on this a lot with a Kirin nine eighty. My my question is. You know, how much of the Cure 980's performance made it even more, um, made you even more confident to remove the monochrome? Or could you potentially even do that with a, with a lesser chipset these days, just because you've evolved the algorithm so far? So it's a, a little bit of, of both, actually. So the Kirin 980, we mentioned already, the engine sitting inside driving the camera being the, the ISP. There's some things that we've done in that this time round that helps us achieve that overall image quality. So, for example, HDR. Yes, we're still taking multiple frames and, and um, measuring the exposure and combining them all together. But now with the new digital ISP, we're doing that much more in the raw. So you're getting much more image information from the very, very beginning as we then process that image to the ultimate end goal of that. Is this a, more of a throughput quality. thing? The fact that you can gather more of that data more quickly and yes. crunch through it more quickly. So you always you always had all that raw data available, but you couldn't Correct. crunch it's through it. It's just the processing fast. of that right, now. Right, right. We're, we're fine tuning that processing. Yes, again, we're still improving the algorithms. Yes, actually, with the dual neural processing unit architecture of the Kira 980, we're now able to understand even more about what we see in front of us. So we go from recognizing 500 or so scenes or objects to almost 1500, actually almost 2000 different scenes and scenarios the camera will see, understand, and know how to give you the best shot possible. Right. Um, so it's a combination of everything. The ultra wide angle lens is that's adding an extra dimension to the photography. Absolutely. But the, the kind of the beneath the hood stuff that's going on from the Kirin 980. Yeah, that's one of the big reasons why we're still able to, to lose that monochrome sensor um, and still get that perfect image quality. That's, of course, not disregarding monochrome photography because we still give you the you chance still have the mode. Yeah, yeah. To, have, to take monochrome yeah, yeah. photography with the mode, which, 
because it's still like a co-engineered experience. It, it is. It is it's like as still like it's like like as imaging science going on Correct. here still. So Correct. so let's switch gears to another big thing that a lot of people scratch their head around. Like there's so many things here in these products. We've already gone through this with Danny, so I'm not yep. going to go through all the details. I'm mostly focusing on on the pro unit because yes. it's really got packing the technology. Obviously, the in-display fingerprint reader is a huge deal because it's the first one that really performs in my experience. I have used the phone now for almost 48 hours. Uh, and and the, uh, the, the face uh, re uh, recognition yes. uh, system is a true face recognition. It's not just relying on optics. It, it actually measures you through the depth of your face. So that's, you know... Um, not very common on Android, so obviously. So, but what I'm more excited about, I think, is something you kind of slipped at our initial briefing back in uh, earlier this month in San Francisco when we met the uh, Nano Memory or Nano SD. Yes. Uh, you, you know, I asked you. I think the question was, "Hey, Peter, is there any micro SD expansion this year?" Because the uh, P20 Pro didn't have it, and you said, uh, "As a matter of fact, there is, and it's this new card we we created." And um, so obviously, uh, I think if you think about it, phones are shrinking. It makes perfect sense. The, the micro SD is pretty small, but it's in between the size of a micro SIM and a nano SIM. And so it takes up more space. And if you need to create a holder that's specific to that form factor, which is what we've had on all these phones for a while now, the, the ones yep. that accommodate a second SIM or yep. micro SD. So you guys simplified in a way by shrinking things down further to the exact same form factor as a nano SIM and, uh, you know, allowing you to choose either dual SIM or single SIM with more memory storage. Yep. And, uh, you know, you for now are the only ones making these cards and selling them. And we don't have the details on what that means yet. But my question is how much of that, and from what I understand, talking to various people, there is an SD adapter. So this is clearly an SD compatible system, unlike some of the proprietary systems that have existed before. So that gives me hope that others will adopt it and that potentially you will get kind of ratified by the organizations standardizing these things. So I wanted you to talk to that a little bit as much as you can, because I realize a lot of this is kind of early stage. A battery inside a device, as well as the camera system, three cameras, as well as all the other components and still make it really slimline form factor that fits in people's pocket, feels really comfortable in the hand. So we basically get innovative about it. As you know, we spend a lot of money on research and development and we, we think that innovation is, is one of those factors which really drives Huawei forward. So we don't just kind of go the normal conventional routes. We do think outside the box a little bit. So the approach that we settled on was, well, we have a dual SIM design already anyway. Right. So with that we know is, is really valuable to consumers. Now, not everybody takes advantage of that second SIM. So there is space available there in a, in a nano SIM format. So then it's a very easy, logical step. Yeah, so then absolutely. why don't we just make a memory card? in the same form factor as a nano SIM card. I mean, it's pretty brilliant along the same lines to me as the wireless charging that for the first time is bi-directional, is reversible. You Correct. can charge somebody else's phone. So this is, is very innovative. So what I'm kind of trying to figure out is what can we expect going forward with this format? Because, um, you know, the worst thing that could happen and we don't, I think collectively, we, the listeners of this podcast, the tech savvy early adopters, people who care about this 
don't want this to be another memory stick Sony, mm. you know, proprietary, not well supported cards are expensive because only one manufacturer makes them like, I don't know if you can talk about this, but what are we, are we you know, where, where is this going to go? Do you think it's going to take off? Can this become an industry standard? Can Sam SunDisk make chips for us? Let's answer it in this way. So um, we obviously challenge ourselves to put as big a battery in devices as possible. Consumers love long-lasting battery devices, right? Yeah. So everybody is going to start to try and improve their battery. And you see every iteration of a new device, people get a slightly larger battery inside as well. So eventually, other manufacturers are going to get to the same engineering crossroads yeah. that we reached. Um, and already there's a solution that has been launched by us, works, and and. I mean, from my perspective, I would say it's a very logical choice. Once you've made that decision, once you suddenly had that light bulb moment that nobody's ever had before, it then suddenly becomes the norm. I think that's a very good approach. It's in fact what Apple did with the nano SIM and the micro SIM before that. They did get the 3GPP, 3G, GSMA, whatever the people were called back then, um, you know, kind of evolved. So. I think you're right. It's, it's up to the people who run into this challenge the next time, the manufacturers who run into this yep. engineering problem to decide, do we create our own competing format and be jerks, basically? Or do we maybe knock at Huawei's door and say, hey, can we use this? Can we work with you? Let's let, let's just let's say see let's, how let's see how it goes. Let's see on the on you the industrial such, standards. It's I think you never you're, know. Just, you're just bleeding edge here. You know, I think I think that's what's happening. People are like I think pe most people don't even think about this stuff. No, and that's the difference with Huawei. We really care about this stuff. We really want to drive things forward. Well, listen, it was short, but it was sweet. I really appreciate you diving kind of deep and directly into rather than kind of like you know. Because these, these listeners are educated, you know, they've, we've given them everything as Danny like yesterday. Yeah. So I really appreciate you spending the time with me to kind of uh, deep dive into these two particular topics. There's so much more to talk about here. And uh, if you're listening, folks, I really encourage you to listen to the show right before this, uh, which will have an hour of me and Denny Winget talking about these all these devices that were announced in London, May 20 Pro, May 20, May 20 X, May 20 RS and uh, Watch GT. So so thanks so much, Peter, for being on the show. Miriam, thank you. And sorry I didn't have enough time to, no, uh, to share okay. more of it with you. We had a lovely day together today anyway, doing other things. We did, uh, yes. And so um, I appreciate that you gave me a little bit of time. Um, so stay tuned for another show, folks. This is just a little addendum to the show, now, not a full episode, obviously. Uh, I'll have another show for you next week. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Miriam. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.